Well, I had gone to see Joe Conley and Bob Mosher. They were looking for someone to play opposite Buddy Ibsen. And we were improvising, and I can remember I was running down the stairs and greeting him and all this stuff. They were very kind, walked me to the car, and put me in the car to go home, and I was thinking all the way home, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. I'm wasting their time because my husband and I were going to Spain where he was directing a picture. That was Thursday. Well, unfortunately, I lost him on Saturday, and about six months later, I got a call from my agent to go see Bob uh, Mosher and Joe Conley, and they handed me a script, said, we wanted to see how you look. We're going to make a pilot, and it was Leave it to Beaver, and so I, I didn't have to do anything. He just gave it to me, and it was, I knew it was a, I knew that script was great. It was, and Richard Deacon was in it, who later became Mr. Rutherford in the show. He, he was playing somebody else. It was a happy experience for me, very timely. Oh yes, it was about the boys saving bottle caps to win a bicycle. And it was called, not Leave it to Beaver, but A Small World. And Mr. Rutherford, Richard Deacon, was the one who was supposed to give the bicycle. Well, a long story, it was all a hoax. And so the kids were very disappointed, and of course we got them a bicycle then, and it was fine. But I knew it was so well written. It was just great. Hi, this is Ken Osman, Eddie Haskell, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Frank, obviously you worked with her in the original show. You worked with her in the '80s, and you you you, you did also you, you did you did other things in between. And I and while I haven't considered Barbara my second mother for almost a half a century. You just answered my question. I mean, this is this is this is really like a member of your family has has left you. Oh, there's no question. I was talking with uh, with Glenn Billingsley, Barbara's son, who I've also known since high school, and um, I said to him, I said, "Well, Glenn." said, you, you sound composed, and he goes, yeah, he says, mom didn't really recognize me the last time I saw her, and he says, so I knew we were close, and uh, Ken and I went there for, uh, just before they honored our show at the Paley Center a couple months ago, and the first thing Barbara did was we, we, we bent down and we gave her a kiss, and she goes, my boys, and then she says, okay, wants milk and cookies so I raised my hand Kenny raised his hand and the lady brought us milk and cookies <laughs> that's true that's a true story well, the lady being the caretaker the caretaker yes. Barbara was bedridden right yeah yeah and uh, we talked we talked about the uh, quality of the new show and that we were quite uh, happy with the job that Shout Factory did and the job Stuart did and um we, we kept it short and sweet. Um, she knew about us being honored at the Paley Center, and I, I sort of was going to make a mention that I wanted to call her during the show from the Paley Center, but I stopped in my own tracks when I realized she didn't sound good, and Barbara's pride, I would never, ever let her do anything in public where she couldn't be Barbara, the classy lady. And that audience 
in the Paley Center that night, Ed, was filled with true, and I mean true, Leave It to Beaver fans. When that show ended and the guys went out to the lobby, the line went out the door to shake hands and sign autographs. So Frank did the right thing because Barbara was not in great shape. Frank, when did Barbara first realize that Leave It to Beaver was not just a television show, but, but really a touchstone for the baby boomer generation? Actually, she realized that while we were still making it, it was the quality of the scripts and the stories that rang very, very true. And the funny thing is, is that we thought she overestimated it, and it turned out that we were underestimating it. And she was ever so right in how the public felt. And like uh, a couple of reporters today asked me, you know, do we still have much contact with the public? And I said, as crazy as it sounds, after 53 years, I still get at least 20 fan letters every week. And, you know, when we first uh, went off the air, we used to, used to deliver them in bags. But now, 53 years later, still get about 20 a week. That's got to be gratifying. Well, sure it is. Uh, it's a wonderful feeling. When uh, I... I I don't know if I mentioned, but I did this uh, an autograph show today at uh, the uh, Universal uh, Hilton. And when I was sitting in the room, I mean, I'm not really, uh, I'm a nothing special kind of guy. I, I don't, I don't walk around saying, "Hey, I'm Lumpy Rutherford. I'm Frank Bank." Um, things like that sort of grew over time that the pride in the show came maybe in the last 10 to 20 years. And the pride now is very, very high. Um, before, I mean, I grew my beard when I was cornered on top of the Washington Monument in 1967 by a bunch of teenagers, and they said, you're lumpy, you're lumpy. And I went, eh, we well, ain't so skinny yourself, kid. You know, I was stuck at the top of the Washington Monument. I grew my beard, and I've had it now for, uh, oh, 47 years, about 43 years. And, uh, but my affection for the show, um, actually, it waned when the show was over. I, uh, I had to turn down a part that would have been the part of a lifetime, right, when the show uh, was over. And I mean the part of a lifetime. And I then elected to retire from show business and go back to UCLA and get my degree and go on to finance. And I, I often think what, I, what would have happened had I not done it. But I think I made the best decision for myself and my family. And ultimately for myself, um, my ego going into the 21st century. Um, we're very proud, Kenny and myself. We're, we've never been jealous of Jerry and Tony one one iota because we think we're the funniest characters. <laughs> and uh, we sort of proved it in the last three years where a lot of the shows were uh, basically starring Lumpy and Eddie and, and, and Jerry and Tony, whereas the first three years the shows were mostly starring Jerry and Tony. Leave it to Beaver's popularity is unprecedented. Uh, we were, I mean, as shows came and went and shows came and went and shows came and went, we came 
and we came and we came and for some reason uh, a network would recycle all their reruns and we would be the only one that would come back for the next year or two mm -hmm. now we've been on the air for 53 years you've never been off the air right we have never been off the air we're the longest running scripted show in television history comedy or drama we're the longest running scripted show um, and we've never been off the air now that uh, everything is huluing and, and direct and all that it looks like we'll never be off so you can now purchase t-shirts mugs caps hoodies wall clocks and other gifts with the tv confidential logo from the official TV Confidential merchandise shop. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com forward slash merchandise or cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential, cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.